And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Pastor Ben Miller. Ben, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Good to be back, Dan. Pastor Ben, you are a minister of the gospel in the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. Uh, Your church worships in Syosset, New York, uh, on Long Island. And it's a lovely, lovely church. And um, before we get started in our conversation today, how would someone find your church if they're looking for one? Um, well, we have just launched a new website, and I think the URL is Trinity OPCLI. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's... It I'm is. I can see website. it here, in fact. Yes. Okay, good. That's it. Yeah, so uh, that's probably the best place to get information, or people could uh, email me at opcpastor at gmail.com, but yeah, yeah, I'd love I, to have anyone reach out. And I also love your email address. How many OPC pastors would wish that they had that email address? <laughs> I got in early, what can I say? Yeah, it's great. Well, you know, past a couple of week or two ago, uh, I came across something you wrote. I forget where it was, and... Um, you were making a very um, potent uh, analogy to the Christian life, and you reached back to World War II to do that. And um, today, what perfect timing. You know, yesterday was Veterans Day. Um, can you share with our listeners some of the points that you were making there, Pastor Ben Miller? Well, I think maybe because my uh, <clears throat> my grandfather fought in World War II, I've always been fascinated with that war. Um, and there are two events um, that I'm sure many of our hearers are familiar with, separated almost exactly by four years. And one is the um, the famous Dunkirk evacuation in June 1940 uh, off the shores of France. And then the other, four years later, in 1944, is the invasion of Europe by the Allied forces, June 1944. And I have thought, as a pastor, that those two events, in a way, <laughs> illustrate two ways in which Christians today tend to think about our life in this world. Um, I, I know a lot of Christians who... They really think like evacuees, you know, they're, sure. they're kind of on the shore of this world, and they just really can't wait for Jesus to send a lifeboat and get them out of here. And <laughs> there, might be, there might be some things that we need to do on this beach, but we're just staring out to sea waiting for Jesus, you know, to come yes. get us out of here. Um, and, and the other mindset um, is, is more of a, a D-Day mindset of we have been sent to this, uh, to this place, to uh, be a part of Jesus' invasion of the world by his gospel and his spirit. And so we're not so much facing out, hoping that we can get evacuated. We're facing inward to say, all right, let's go up and take this land for the Lord. And I mean, I realize, you know, those are just metaphors, but I do think those are two very different perspectives and two very different uh, missions and produce very different ways of doing Christianity in the world. So that was kind of the the basic metaphor that I was working with, and I think about the implications of it quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, it struck me. I had never heard the connection made before as an illustration, and I I think it's very, very fitting. 
Um, but I tell you, when things get rough and you feel like you're being attacked from all angles, it's easy to um, adopt the first point of view. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, well, that, and, and let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, well, that's, that's exactly what struck me. Um, I, I was preaching um, on the story of Caleb, uh, the, the first time that the, the Israelites send spies into Canaan, and, um, you know, they see a lot of really tremendous opposition there. And Caleb's response is, you know, we're good because God is with us. He has that D-Day mentality. <laughs> but I was just thinking about, um, I was thinking about how these two different mindsets change the way that Christians experience hardship and opposition and yeah. suffering. Because, yeah, I mean, look, I there are many days, I'll be honest as a pastor, when, you know, if Jesus decided to send me a lifeboat, I, that'd be cool. <laughs> it's, it's hard, you know, it feels like, you know, in our time, Christians are increasingly kind of a minority, and culturally, it seems like the enemies of God have taken many of the strongholds, and and, and just day-to-day life as a faithful follower of Jesus, in good times or bad. There, there's a lot of struggling with sin, and relationships are challenging, and look, we want relief, right? And so I think there's something very attractive about that idea, that just kind of hang on to the lifeboat, it's coming. Yes. And in a, in a way, that's not totally false in this sense, that we do look forward to the rest that sure. will come when we're with the Lord. However, the way that a liberator, the way that an invader, a D-Day Christian, thinks about suffering is they expect it. Because there's no—you're not going to liberate Europe without a fight, right? I mean, you expect it. So this. true. Caleb, Caleb expects Canaanites. That's, that's what God sent us here to Canaan to deal with. And so it seems to me that there's a certain kind of robust, muscular, let's go, this is going to be hard, but, you know, we are after, follow, we are after all following Jesus, <laughs> who went through a cross to his crown, and yes. so— I think it just gives us a sense of, you know what, it is hard, but what are you expecting? This is this is yes. a mission. Yes. I sometimes will watch a war movie, and I, I don't watch too many of them because they, they kind of shake you if you let yourself get yep. into it. Um, but I think it's helpful to me, at least, from time to time. Um, these guys on D-Day faced... Uh, a terrible, terrible confrontation. Oh. Uh, they just ran into machine gun fire. It was just terrible. Yeah. Uh, and um, some of that is captured in various movies. Uh, Saving Private Ryan has a very gripping scene there of, 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 of that landing. Um, but D-Day, that's... Uh, you know what's kind of funny? Here's <laughs> a story... My wife and me got married on June sixth, and huh. and little did I know back then I wasn't really too aware of history. And hmm. um, I think somebody mentioned, "Oh, that's D Day," <laughs> and it, it meant nothing to me at the time. But that was a major, major event, and it was so, you know, just reflecting on it, it was so well orchestrated. And the secrets were able to be kept. You know, if that was today, I think some uh, woke person would leak it uh, within minutes. 
<laughs> well, and it's also interesting to reflect on how how that event was was providentially made possible. I mean, there was really an, a, a, an alignment of the weather patterns that, that made yes. for a very small window. And, and I, I think all of that, again, we can draw some analogies into our own work for the kingdom now that, y- you know, God has to go before us to make things even possible. Amen. And, um, and yet there is, as you said, planning. There's a certain sense of strategy. There's a human work to be done in and, you know, I, that's actually something I think the Church needs to be talking about, is what is the interrelationship of God building his kingdom? You know, this isn't a... This isn't oh, a, yes. <laughs> God's, God's, God's orchestration of this mission, and then our role in planning and executing things, you know, because this, this is not just a humanly planned and executed war. This is something God ultimately is doing, and God ultimately has to do to, to bring people to a saving knowledge of himself. And yet, yeah. there's, there's very practical strategies we need to talk about. So, yeah. yeah. When God is doing something in this world, it's easy for some folks to say, well, just let go and let God. Don't worry about a thing. Yeah. Uh, and then there's other worker bees that put their head down yep. and just do it, and I like to think of it's a both and, it's not an either or. You know, we, we, we must trust God, put all of our hopes and trust in God, and realize that he orders all things after the counsel of his will, but he uses these proximate means. Can we talk about the proximate means a little bit here today? Yeah, yeah, I uh, agreed. Um, well, let me just back up a little bit sure. and say, I'm obviously thinking of the Canaan invasion as something that we can use as a kind of analogy to our own situation. And, and mm. basically, what, what I intend by that, because this will bring us back to the practical question, what I intend by that is my understanding of what Canaan represents in the Old Testament, what it's pointing forward to, is not heaven. It's not the afterlife because there's not going to be any Canaanites in the, in the world to come. <laughs> <laughs> it is pointing to something that uh, ultimately the God's giving Canaan to Israel was a picture of his giving the world to his son and his church. That, that's my understanding of what Canaan is, is kind of showing us. There, 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 are other, there are other ways to read some of the metaphors of the wilderness and, and Canaan and so on, but I think that's the fundamental thing. You know, Abraham, we're told in Romans 4, believed that he, he believed God's promise to give him the world. And to give his seed the world. And, and so Canaan is a picture of, of the world being filled with the kingdom of God. Now, that, in, in our time, that happens through spiritual weaponry. And, and this is what I mean. But, you know, mm-hmm. Paul is very clear. We're, we're, we're not going out to subdue the nations with spears and swords. No. But, but the warfare in Canaan was important, because it does, does, remi- does, it does show us this is warfare, but it is spiritual warfare with weapons that are not carnal, as Paul says, but mighty through God to pulling down strongholds. Amen. So when we talk about the practical questions, I think it's important to begin with the fact that we must approach those practical questions with, 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 with an understanding that our weapons are mighty, but they are spiritual. Um, yeah. And that, now that, does not, that doesn't mean that they don't take very concrete practical form, but I think it, 
helps us step back from this tendency that so easily grips the Church to think that we're going to win the war through force. <laughs> yes. You know, and that's a temptation for the Church, to think that somehow what really matters is who has power, mm-hmm. as opposed to understanding who has authority, and going forth and proclaiming that authority, and and understanding that the one with all authority will subdue his enemies. Yeah. So, it, yeah. Um. It just reminded me, it triggered something, that sometimes Christians get involved in Christian ministry, and it is possible to get involved for the wrong reasons, um, to hmm. seek power, to seek a name, to seek, um, you yep. know, your 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 name and the lights and whatever. Um, yep. I find it so attractive when a Christian is serving the Lord, and yet he he stays humble, and, and he just looks to Christ exactly. and... and, and moves by his spirit and doesn't make a big deal out of himself because you know what he's not a big deal that's exactly right we, we because we know that every one of us who are following Jesus we are serving the one with all authority yeah what that what that means is every one of us is doing is doing the king's work and it all has mighty significance completely completely regardless of how the world would view it from its power paradigm, right? Yeah. Like, and this is something I just try to encourage God's people with, and it's, it's hard, because we do live by sight. <laughs> you know, sure. we, we, but the, the little people of God doing sometimes what appear to be very little things that don't seem to have a lot of clout, a lot of power, because they are done in Jesus' name, because they are done with the authority of the King, those good works will bear fruit for the kingdom. They they will yeah. pull down strongholds. And I I think that if I, if I had one thing I would hope that the story of Caleb and this kind of D-Day versus Dunkirk thing would, would just help God's people with, it would be to encourage them, do not despise, despise the small things. Amen. Done in Jesus' name. They're not small. No. To your point. No. I, I think of that mother. <laughs> and, uh, you know... She's she may have several children, all smaller. Some of them still in diapers, or at least one. And she says, "Oh, here I go again. Uh, Father is at at work wherever, and I got a stinky diaper. And the other kid is sick, and he just threw up all over the place. And somebody let the dog in. And he's tracking all over the place. And these little seemingly menial tasks are some of the greatest work." that a Christian woman can be doing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you're, you're, you're forming... Yes. ...disciples. Yeah. You know, you, you, you're, you're, you're building a little micro-kingdom, as it were, in yeah. which the Word and Spirit of Jesus are, you know, are at work and, and bearing fruit. And, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's... We could just go on and on about the small daily lives of faithful yeah. Christians who... And 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 in, and in, and talking about the smallness, I'm not saying that we don't attempt great things for God. No, I mean, not at it, all. It, it, we should pray and seek that God would make us as fruitful as possible, doing as much as possible. But it's very easy to 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 evaluate the work of the kingdom through earthly categories of, like you said, power, status, resources. Yeah. And 
that is just those are just not those are just not the index the, the indices that Jesus gives us to to, no. to measure things with. No, so. no. And I, I'm just thinking also very technically. Um, sometimes the little things make such a huge difference. I right now I'm working through um, a partial outage on one of our radio stations, <laughs> and the exact nature of the problem has eluded us. It's a, it's a very mm-hmm insignificant mm-hmm. and yet very significant problem and yep. and it may be a couple of them at the same time which makes it even harder so these little things yep. really count they really count uh, today we're talking with pastor ben miller and he he pastors trinity church in syosset new york and uh, i've had the privilege some time ago now of visiting that church and it's a wonderful church i thoroughly have enjoyed it and uh, our son used to attend there, and daughter-in-law, and um, their two children were baptized by you, Pastor Ben, and those were wonderful um, moments to um, be a part of, and as these covenant children were receiving the sign and seal of God's covenant of grace. And uh, it was just a a tremendous blessing. Um, Today we're talking about this notion of illustrating two ways in which Christians can view their lives. Uh, are you a Dunkirk Christian, <laughs> or are you a D-Day Christian? And uh, if you had to encourage one or the other, uh, I think it's obvious, but what? say it right out loud, what would you encourage Christians to be? Well, I'm I'm clearly pushing the D-Day line here. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking about what you just said a moment ago about these little things that turn out to have such big yeah. effects. And that's something else that I think this kind of D-Day model can maybe help us with. Um, there, is, there is a lot of time over which God works as he's building his kingdom. Um, I'm going to be preaching on Luke... Uh, soon, and uh, I, I'm actually preaching through the book, and, and there's this mm-hmm. one particular text where um, Jesus talks about coming to the feast of the kingdom, where people from the north and the south and the east and the west are the, at the table at the feast, mm-hmm. but also Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And there's this idea that, you know, the kingdom of God is all that he's done through history, as well as all he's doing throughout the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my son and I were recently chatting about the fact that if his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather had met a different girl <laughs> at some party, you know, none of us would be here. And we don't realize how these little things in yes. the circuitry, if you will, of God's kingdom can totally redirect the course of, of what God is doing. And, you know, my son made an interesting comment in that conversation. He said, I've just come to realize how unlikely it is that I exist. Yes. And it helps me, you know, his comment was, it helps me to realize the purpose of my life that, you know, because I so very, so very easily could not have been. And so, you know, again, not to, not to try to be melodramatic, but there really is, even the fact that we have being <laughs> is God's <laughs> gift to us. And we don't know how, you know, 150 years from now, just the fact that I was at my post doing my little thing. Yes part of what God is doing to get ready for that thing he's going to be doing 200 years ago when everyone's forgotten me. And that's not insignificant. Yeah, so true. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful analogy, 
And um, where do we go from here? We've got maybe five or six minutes left. Well, so here we are right now um, in this particular time. I, the things that I find myself reflecting on in my little portion of the beach <laughs> are, um, you know, I think one thing we need to just be ever, ever conscious of is the presence of the Lord. Um, you know, the mm-hmm. spiritual fruitfulness begins with, with spiritual communion with, with God. And, and, you know, just it's so easy in our noisy age to just forget God. It is. And to get very wrapped up in the next practical, like you were saying, the next practical thing we need to be doing, forgetting that God's building his house. Mm-hmm. So just fellow quietness, you know, that, that, that phrase from Psalm 23, thou art with me. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing I would just really want to encourage is these are times when the body of Christ needs to be, I would say, somewhat aggressively working on pulling together, being together, praying together, fellowshipping together, yeah. worshiping together, feasting together. Um, D Day would not have happened if you had individual soldiers on that beach Correct. just kind of each doing their thing. Correct. So true. <laughs> Um, and some of and these sho- the, some of these shoulders, sh- yeah, sh- soldiers were 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 very specific. You know, there were engineers, uh, there were yeah. foot, there were there were snipers, there were machine gun men. Uh, each had a skill, and and that's so very right. important. But those skills had to be coordinated yes. for the thing to go off, right? And and you don't even know. Like, unfortunately, I feel like sometimes in the church we don't even know what the gifts are of the brother over there because we're not nope. connected enough and you know we just live in a very disconnected age so i i just think the more of that the better um mm-hmm. and then asking what we might be able to do together that we cannot do alone mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. what what are good works for the lord that we do need the body to do because it's not it's not i you know i think about raising children even you know it's it's very easy in our world to think that you know, two parents have got everything they need to raise children. Well, but they also need the body of Christ, you know. <laughs> and Very there are many so. other things outside the household and outside the church we could reflect on, like, what good works can we do together? I mean, your your radio ministry could not happen if it was just you. Oh, no way. You know, so, yeah, I just, I, so, you know, to think about building institutions together, even, like some really big projects that I think we need to think about, but it begins with these bonds in the body that we need to be cultivating all the time, even now. Yeah. Is it wrong to think in terms of Christendom? I don't think it's wrong at all. I mean, I think if by that you simply mean the kingdom of God made manifest in in, in institutions and you know societal structures, look, those big societal structures are just the small things writ large, right? They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're just love and justice and peace and joy manifested in, in larger societal structures. So yeah, we should pray for that and be patient yeah. and expect it in time. Yeah. In fact, I would, I would go so far to argue that um, the minister, um, this, this is Saturday, the minister tomorrow who gets in his pulpit and preaches is actually standing on some some inheritance. Um, there mm-hmm. was there was there was bloodshed for this freedom that we experience, 
um, yeah. that, that, that pastors thrive on as they freely preach the gospel of Christ from their yep. pulpits. Yep, absolutely. And, 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 and we should pray for, for magistrates, kings, and rulers who, yes. um, you know, are, are, who give this church the space it needs to preach the all-powerful gospel. Yeah, and, and, and a really good magistrate will seek to try to protect the church, in my opinion. Yes, and as he should all of his subjects. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, we're just about out of time today. We've been having an insightful discussion with Pastor Ben Miller, and um, he always thinks deeply and profoundly, and if I, if I can go that far and say it. Uh, ben, I, I seem to recall that um, this wasn't your first uh, direction in life. You were headed down the lawyer direction. Give us one minute yeah. wrap-up thought on where were you were going and what happened. Why are you here now? <laughs> well, I, I think the Lord just kind of called me. Yes. And uh, I, I, again, to, to the point about community, I had a number of people in my life who were able to speak into that and, and encourage me in that, and I am yes. where I am because of a lot of people who you know, we're, we're speaking into my life. And, and so, you know, what I'm doing now is a fruit of other people's labors too, which is always true for all of us. And I think mm. it's an illustration of the kingdom at work. So it's, it's blessed. It's blessed. Well, thank you for joining us today, Pastor Ben Miller, and give our regards to the few people in your church that may know us and, and also <laughs> your wife. Um, this, yes. These times require a great sacrifice many times for our wives as they support us in our work. And so thank her for us as well, and, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Dan. Dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.